Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Rams, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Rams. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, I am Travis Rogers. You are listening to Locked On Rams, the three and one first place Los Angeles Rams. And I don't think anybody thought that that was going to be something that was said at any point during this season. Welcome to the podcast. Don't forget, you can check me each and every Sunday afternoon after the Rams games are done on ESPN LA 710 and the Rams radio network where I host the post-game show, so make sure that you check that out. Let me remind you as well, go and sign up as well. Go to iTunes, go to Audio Boom, go to Locked on Rams, and make sure that you're signed up and you're subscribing so you're getting every single podcast that we have here on Locked on Rams. We've got all 32 NFL teams covered. We've got all 30 NBA teams covered as well. Just go to the Locked on Podcast Twitter feed, and they're going to send you wherever you need to go. Locked on Fantasy with Vinny Iyer. Locked on the NFL with Matt Williamson. And for your, NFL, your, excuse me, your NBA guys, Locked on the Lakers, who opened their preseason tonight, as a matter of fact, with Harrison and Anthony. So go check that out as well. All right, like I, like I mentioned, a couple of things that we want to talk about. We're going to talk about that three and one record going to talk about what happened in that one game in San Francisco on opening night in in retrospect of seeing what's happened in the three weeks after that I want to talk about how the Rams had five turnovers or I should say created five turnovers in that game and I want to talk a little bit about Case Keenum as well and then a little Ryder Cup thought on the back end of the whole show so we can get to all of that in the next 10-15 minutes or so all right let's start with this are the Rams any good at three and one, are the Rams a good team? The you know Bill Parcells famously had the line: "You are what your record says that you are. You're no better. You're no worse. If you're one and three, you're bad. If you're three and one, you're pretty good." And I guess that that's true. However, this is kind of interesting. Let, let's just very quickly go through the four games that we've seen this season. Opening night. Monday Night Football up in San Francisco playing against, as we thought at the time, and it's turned out has been very, very true, a really, really lousy 49ers team. They haven't won a game since. The 49ers have looked terrible in every every game that they've played so far. And the Rams get crushed 28 to nothing. You're thinking, uh-oh, two-win team, four-win team, certainly none of that seven-and-nine BS that Jeff Fisher was talking about, probably much, much worse. You come back in week two. You open your season in the Coliseum for the first time in seemingly forever in Los Angeles, and you win a game against a team, Seattle, that's also 3-1, and one, that is pretty good. Now, nobody played particularly well that night. Everybody was pretty lousy. The Rams didn't score a touchdown, but the defense was as good as it advertised, holds the Seahawks to three points, and you feel, okay, one and one, they won a game. Hey, at least for a week, everybody can feel pretty good about it, but don't look now. They've played eight quarters of football. They've scored nine points, zero touchdowns. This is going to be a long season. Go to week three on the road to Tampa. Rams score 37 points. A couple of things that didn't look great in that game, but the fact of the matter is they score 37 points, they score four offensive touchdowns, and they look like a pretty good football team. 
They look like a decent offensive football team. Their defense creates some turnovers and makes some things happen. All right? So you're thinking, okay, two and one, but Tampa might not be any good. And, eh, you know, every, every even a bad team has a good day every once in a while. They come back week four, most recently, against Arizona, a team that was in the NFC Championship game last year, a team that I think most people would think would be back in the postseason again this season. Coming off of a loss at Buffalo where they'd gotten hammered, coming back home, coming back to play against a Rams team that might be feeling themselves a little bit with back-to-back wins, and the Rams beat them. The Rams beat them 17 to 14. The Rams are in con- or excuse me, 17 to 13. They win that game not convincingly because the, the the Cardinals certainly had a chance to win at the at the end there, but they beat a good team on the road. The Rams have beat a good team in Seattle. They've beat a good team in Arizona on the road. They've beat a who knows what they are in Tampa, never an easy place for a team from the West Coast to go play. It's a long trip. And the Rams are 3 and 1. Now, there's still a lot of questions about the offense. They still don't score a lot of points. There's still a lot of things in there that make you wonder whether or not this is a team that's good enough to go to the playoffs. But the fact of the matter is they are 3-1. and one. They've looked decent in their last two games. I, let, me, let me rephrase that. They've looked good in the last two games. And they're riding a little three-game winning streak. Now, they're going to get the Buffalo Bills coming into the Coliseum on Sunday. The Buffalo Bills are not a good team, but they're, they're, they're in a pretty similar situation to the Rams. They beat the Cardinals. Felt pretty good about that. They go on the road and pitch a shutout in New England, something that never happens. Now, granted, it was against Jacoby Brissett, but still, they go and they beat a Bill Belichick team soundly, and now they got to come on the road. Whoever wins this game on Sunday is going to feel pretty good about themselves. They're going to feel like they've got a, a pretty good thing going. If the Rams win on Sunday and they're 4-1, and one, look out. At, at this point, you are officially a good team. You are on the move. You're making things happen. You are off and running. Whatever cliche you want to put on it, the Rams at 4-1 and one are a good team. Now, look, if they turn around on Sunday and they lose and it's another 13-10 game, 14-9, something like this, and the defense is good and the offense is uninspiring and they're back at 3-2, and two, then you're thinking to yourself, all right, this is about what we thought it is. I'm still not ready to go all the way in there, but it's feeling more and more likely that something might be here. And it's going to be tough. It's going to be difficult. There's not going to be a single week all season long where you feel like this team is cranked up and moving. The offense just isn't going to allow it to happen. It, it's just not. It's just not going to be that sort of team. These are They're going to win games 17-13, to 17-10, 14-9, 21-20. They're never going to have those games that are 42-14. to 14. It's just not going to happen. That's not who they are. It's not how they play. But they're 3-1. and one. They're 3-1, and one and they're feeling pretty good about it, I'm sure. So good for them and good for the Rams, and they've, they've at least allowed people. It, it's an interesting thing here in Los Angeles. Not a lot of people are really super invested in the Rams yet. It's going to take some time. Look, this is – okay, let me – I think it's a great sports city because I like our indifference. I like our apathetic attitude towards a lot of these things because I think it it it, it makes teams be good. Okay, the best team, or let me let me rephrase the 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 Angels have the best player in baseball, maybe one of the best players in the history of the game. Nobody here cares. Nobody here cares because the team stinks. Because the team really historically has never been very good, and so people just kind of yeah yeah Trout's good. Trout's fine. The Dodgers, long-time success, world championships, 
People are invested. The Lakers speaks for themselves, right? Clippers here, whatever. Eh. So the Rams are going to have to win. The Rams are going to have to be exciting. The Rams are going to have to go out there and create an identity for themselves. And I think that's starting to happen, which brings us to the second part of what I want to talk about today. But before I do that, I want to remind you that you can reach out to me via Twitter, at Travis Rogers. You can send me thoughts on the podcast, thoughts on anything, thoughts that you'd want to hear here on Locked on Rams or really any other topic that you want to talk about here. Send me a tweet at Travis Rogers. If you'd like to sponsor the show, that's a good way to go about it as well. Reach out to me at Travis Rogers and we can work something out as well there. And think about all the people that are listening. Think about the people that you're trying to reach. It's a pretty good cross-section. We can work something out. So reach out to me there. But let's go back to this. The identity of the team. This team offensively is meh, meh. Right, it, it's like that sandwich or, or that meal that somebody gives you, and it, it's not very good. But you know, you're not hungry anymore, and it didn't make you sick. So if somebody says, "Hey, how'd you like that sandwich?" It's fine. It's just fine. That's fine. I didn't didn't get food poisoning. I'm not hungry for another five hours. It's fine. Don't want to order it again? No. Am I going to tell my friends to go get that same sandwich? No. It's fine. The Rams' offense, it's fine. It's fine. It, it, it's done enough in three of the four games to win these games. But what this team is about is the defense. And the front, the, the guys up front, specifically Aaron Donald and Robert Quinn, William Hayes didn't play this last weekend, but Michael Brockers and Eugene Sims and just the, the wave of guys that they're running in there, they are blowing you-know-what up. They're, they're doing it. They're putting part. They they knocked Carson Palmer out of the game with a concussion. They're getting to the quarterback. They're blowing up plays. They're putting pressure on that offense. And if the Rams can get even that mediocre sandwich of an offense going, they're going to be very hard to beat because when they get that pressure, they had three interceptions. They had three interceptions. They forced two fumbles. They had five turnovers in this game on Sunday afternoon, that is the identity of this team. What this team has not been able to do is give that defense anything offensively to work with. So if they didn't win 10-6, to they weren't going to win at all. Well, even a, even a great defense is going to give up 10, 14, 17 points a game. And that's a great defense. The Rams just weren't able to capitalize because their offense was giving you food poisoning until now. Until now. Don't look now. All right? Case Keenum has started the last eight games for the Rams. Four at the beginning of this season, four at the end of last. He's started eight games for the Rams. He's six and two. Case Keenum is six and two in his last eight starts. Okay? He's not Tom Brady. He's not Big Ben. He's not Russell Wilson. And he never will be. But what we're starting to figure out about him is he's pretty smart, very tough. Probably a little too tough for his own good. Get out of bounds, buddy, and slide feet first. And he makes pretty good decisions. That's about 70% of what you need from your quarterback. Smart, tough, good decisions. Case Keenum is smart. Case Keenum is tough. Case Keenum makes good decisions. What he's not capable of doing is making a bunch of throws. What he's not capable of doing is getting your team that's down by 10, 13, 17 points and rallying them back for a big deficit. He's not going to go out there and light it up offensively. But if you've got a great defense, which they do, if he can make good decisions and not throw it to the wrong team, which for the most part he has not, if you can take a shot once in a while and make it happen, back-to-back weeks with Brian Quick on long touchdowns, if he can make a 
big throw when he needs to make a big throw, the one that he made to Tavon Austin, the one that he made to Brian Quick for the second touchdown. That's good enough. That might be even a sandwich that, while you don't love it, you might try it again. It wasn't, yeah, let me give that one more shot. That's about where we are with him right now. Not bad, not great, but good enough. It's fine. And and I've, I went into this going, all right, let, come on, let's get to Goff. Let's get to Goff, and I'll tell you what's happening. What's happening is exactly what Ram fans should have been on their knees praying for at night, and that is a team that's winning, check, a team that's getting competent play out of the quarterback position, check, and the noise surrounding Jared Goff not playing, dying down, or dying down to virtually nothing, check. Parallel paths that serve two different purposes that work simultaneously. Winning, developing golf without getting him killed, and having a team that's competitive. They're checking every box right now. It's truly remarkable that they've been able to do it, but they have. Now, it didn't help that Paxton Lynch went in there for Trevor Simeon this weekend and another rookie quarterback's out there doing work. That didn't help, really. But I'm telling you, the noise... Look, Case Keenum at least has bought himself several more weeks to where we're not even going to talk about Goff. The only way Goff's getting on that field at this point is an injury. And he better be ready to go because Case Keenum has proven that if he's given just a little bit of time and given just enough opportunities to make some things happen, that he can get it done. And, and, and I need to give him credit where credit is due because he's been very, very good other than the opener through the first quarter of the season. And as far as that opener goes, I mean, could it could it not just have been a terrible, terrible night? I mean, look, look what happened. Look what happened to the Steelers a couple of weeks ago. They lost to the Eagles 34-3. to Does anybody think the Steelers are a bad team? Of course not. They turned around the next Sunday night and absolutely obliterated the Chiefs. The Steelers are still probably the best team in the AFC, I would argue. right? Maybe the Broncos, but the Steelers are certainly right there as well. They had a bad night. They got their pants pulled down. They played like crap. But they're not a bad team. Why do we not give the Rams the benefit of the doubt? And I know the answer. It's because Keenum isn't Roethlisberger, because Kenny Britt isn't Antonio Brown. But they have that defense. And they're going to keep themselves in just about every game. And even in that San Francisco game, other than the first half, that defense was really good. So they've had three and a half games of stellar defense. They've had two games where the offense has been fine. That might not be a bad recipe. That might not be a bad recipe. All right, very quickly, some thoughts on the Ryder Cup. That was the first time in a very long time that I've enjoyed that event. Now, part of it is because the red, white, and blue finally came out on the right side of this for the first time in seemingly forever. That was nice. But it, it, you got the sense that there was team. And look, Patrick Reed wears a choker, for God's sakes. Okay, like Patrick Reed isn't a choker. He wears a choker. Like, you know, like... Like a princess? No, a princess wears that little tight little thing around her neck. It's called a choker. Patrick Reed wears one. He didn't at the Ryder Cup, but he was awesome. And the battle that he and Rory had were great. I love that Danny Willett, Masters champion, was absolutely horrible after his brother popped off about how all Americans are fat, cargo short-wearing, veneer-teeth-having, plastic-surgery-wife-addicted, pill-popping losers, which, by the way, is a pretty good description, frankly. And we put it on him. It was, it was glorious. And then there was old Lee. Little Lee. Lee Westwood has some deals. Whoa, dude. 
Lee Westwood is a world-class player right up until he needs to be one. Lee Westwood has played in the final group of a major. How many times? I don't know. I should be, you know, I'm not going to do any real research. I just like to go off half-cocked. But I'm guessing he's probably been in the last pairing or second-to-last pairing in a major probably 10 times in his career. That means he's playing really well. You know how many times he's won a major? That'd be zero. You know how many times he missed very short putts that would have won a point for his guys at the Ryder Cup? Twice. Which holes, Travis? 17 and 18. Oh. Hey, how about having a two-up lead with three holes to play on the last day in singles and maybe keep your team in it for just another match or two, just man up and get it done? Now I'll lose all three holes. Poor little Lee. Lee does not like it when people are watching on TV. Lee does not like it when he's expected to make a putt. Lee likes it a lot more when, if he's in the final group of the Masters, which he's been seemingly every year for the last 50 years, that if he just goes out there and makes a quick eight bogeys, that he's off TV by the ninth hole. And he's done. He doesn't have to worry about it. And then you don't see him again until 18. He's walking up that last group. You're like, oh, yeah, Lee Westwood's out there. What would Lee? Ooh, ooh, Lee, 80? Ooh. Sorry, buddy. Better luck next time, Lee. USA. USA. Anyway, there's a Ryder Cup update for you as well. Love the Ryder Cup. Right. Only when we win it. When we lose it, I'm really not that interested at all. It's a good time. All right. It's going to do it for Locked on Rams. We will see you tomorrow. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.